Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year. Then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012. And today's date is Sunday, the 12th day of February, 2017. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this from Sully Baseball Studio in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Oakland A's manager Bob Melvin, and just down the 101 from AT&T Park, the home of the San Francisco Giants. Trucks are being loaded up. Soon we will have pitchers and catchers reporting, and the offseason will be over. And for the first time in, well, since there was a czar in Russia, for the first time since Teddy Roosevelt was president, you are going to have a baseball season begin where the Chicago Cubs are the defending world champions. Actually, that's not correct because the Cubs, well, see, now i got to look this up, and I don't have the energy to look this up. When was the inauguration in 1909? Was William Howard Taft was the president in 1909, but back then they had the inauguration in March and not in January. But, oh man, you know, someone out there tweet out to me when William Howard Taft was inaugurated, so I can honestly say, hey, this is the first time since Teddy Roosevelt was president, or the first time since William Howard Taft was president. These are the things that we need to know, and if I had a laptop open in front of me, I'd be able to go to presidentsinauguration.com, the single greatest presidential inauguration website in the history of the planet Earth. But I don't have that open. But Cub fans, it's been a while. It's been a while. There was no sound in movies, okay? It's been a while. Now you have Sully in your earbuds. You know, that's one of the things that when, you know, I, I went through this a little bit when the, when the Red Sox won the World Series, and, and to a lesser degree when the White Sox and when the Giants won the World Series, is, you know, you start to look at clips, and you start to look at clips of, like, Ted Williams. You start to look at clips of... Uh, you know, Jim Rice and Roger Clemens and Wade Boggs and Mo Vaughn and Nomar. And when they won in 2004, I was watching some of those old clips and saying, like, those teams were all looking back at the same 1918 and hadn't won. Bobby Doerr with the teammates with Johnny Pesky and Dom DiMaggio, the impossible dream and the fist comb run. They, they, they all had the same common burden. And the same thing with the White Sox, you know, the go-go White Sox and the, you know, the, the Harold Baines era White Sox and the Frank Thomas era White Sox and everything. It's like, yeah, they all had the same burden. And every San Francisco Giant team from the Willie McCovey line drive and Marichal and Bonds and Will Clark and John Montefusco. So now think about, like, every Cub player after 08. You know, I mean, I'm not just talking about... Kerry Wood and Sammy Sosa and, uh, you know, uh, Mark Pryor. You know, I'm talking not even about Ryan Sandberg or Andre Dawson or Lee Smith or, or Rick Sutcliffe or Bruce Souter. I'm talking about Gabby Hartnett. You know, I'm talking about going back to, you know, go back beyond Billy Williams and, 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 uh, Ernie Banks would just keep going back and back. And all those teams, whether it was the Black Cat running in front or the, the you know, Babe Ruth calling his shot. 
that team was still burdened by 1908. And it's amazing when you put it into sort of a historical perspective. Now that's gone. And you move forward now. You move forward. And there's a distinct possibility that the Cubs could do it again. They certainly have the, the team to do it. If right now you say pick two World Series teams, I'm picking the Cubs and the Indians again. As of right now, I think they're the two best equipped to not only win their division, but to win the pennant. And man, if you thought I'd root for the Indians last year, I will, you would have thought I was born and raised in Ohio if it's Cubs-Indians again. But that's neither here nor there. Hey, do you know what it is? It's Sunday. And you know what happens. On Sunday, it's time for the Sunday request. And I got a good one. This is from Ryan Brooks. Ryan Brooks goes by Rybrooks26. And he says, this has got to be a topic for Sully Baseball. Hey, slow down. I produce this damn podcast, okay? A Sunday request. What's your opinion and how could it adversely affect the game in your eyes? And it is an article from Bleacher Report. Um, MLB to test rule change in minor leagues where runner will be placed at second base to start extra innings. Okay. I hate this. And I don't think it's because I'm an old fart. I don't think that's the reason I hate this. You know, when you think about extra inning games, some of the great games of all time, you know, whether it's last year's Game 7 of the World Series, whether it's the Carlton Fist game, whether it's the brilliant final uh, Game 6 of the 2011 World Series, Game 6 of the 1986 World Series, you know, Game 5 of the 86 ALCS, all these great classic games. You know, games four and five of the 2001 World Series, the three, uh, four of the last five games of the 1991 World Series, the underrated, amazing game six of the 1992 World Series. All these great games are extra inning games. And one of the things that happens is that sense of, man, this could end any minute, couldn't it? And putting the pressure on the team to keep the other team off the base path, but also the, the pressure of get on, start something, get something going. I mean, that's what made the 10th inning so amazing in the game uh, seven of last year's World Series. With Schwarber getting on, all right, it's, it's now it just changes the whole tenor of the, the inning and creates a buzz. And this is... It takes away one of the, the key elements of what makes an extra inning game exciting. is sparking something. If you already get into the point where, okay, there's a runner on second, all right, well, just if you just get it past the infield, you win. You know, at that point, you'll have a home run derby. And, you know, I, I can understand if you see something like this in Little League or in high school, or in any sport where you're trying to preserve the arms and preserve the, the you know, not have a 19-inning game. I, I think in the minor leagues, you have to be trying to learn how to play a certain way. 
beyond just the stats you pile up, you got to learn how to get on base in extra innings. You got to learn how to, if there's a runner in scoring position, you got to learn how to get that ball through the infield and everything. And to just start it that way, I think takes away just one of the elements of the game that's so damn exciting. Now, the first time I heard about this was in the World Baseball Classic, the stupid World Baseball Classic, where they have players half-assing it and people having pitch counts in championship games. The World Baseball Classic doesn't count. No one cares. Yeah, it's fun if you're on the field. Yeah, it's fun if you're in the stands. And yeah, they cheer when they win. But I bet they cheer if they won a game of Yahtzee as well. Yahtzee's not the World Series. I cannot rattle off the great World Baseball Classic games the way I just rattled off a bunch of postseason games at the top of my head. And I follow baseball pretty closely. And I heard that that was one of the elements that they want to institute in the World Baseball Classic, you know, so they don't wear the pitcher's arms out for the games that count. You know... This is not me being an old fogey. This is me looking at something and realizing you're, you're, you're trying to fix a problem that's not there. Extra innings and overtimes should be pretty easy to figure out. Pretty, they figure it out in hockey. They figure it out in basketball. In football, I don't understand why it's this difficult. Here's how overtime should be in football. You win the coin toss, you get the ball. And the, you know, one team gets the ball, and, if they, and then if they score, the other team gets the ball, and the other team gets to stop them. And if they stop them, they win. If the first team doesn't, you know, it's basically each team gets one possession. And after that one possession, it's sudden death. Because I, I don't like that a Super Bowl is decided because someone said heads on a coin toss. In baseball, they figured it out too. You're gonna, we're going to play one extra inning. The away team goes up first. If they score a run and the home team doesn't match it, boom. Game over. Walk-off win if, they, if the visiting team or if the home team outscores the visiting team, they walk off the field for a victory. It's the most thrilling thing in baseball. And to me, let's not mess with that. But Sally, you like the designated hitter. Yeah. And you know what? That could be one of the few arguments that the person with that annoying voice I hear in my head might have. Would I have been in the 1970s saying, well, there's a strategy to the pitcher and everything like that. I like the designated hitter, and I also like pitchers batting. That's why I like the National League having pitchers batting and the American League not. It works. But it doesn't change the play on the field. It puts the pitchers at an incredible disadvantage. And it creates an artificial rally. What did you really accomplish? A, the winning runs in scoring position... Because we put them there. What, what do you accomplish by that? How is that even exciting? And it's fixing a problem that's not there. If there's a problem in baseball, it's not. Do you know what? These extra inning games aren't very exciting. 
I, I don't know a soul who thinks that or feels that or burps that. And it strikes me as a moment of trying to fix something that isn't an issue when there are issues that you can fix. If you like the idea of speeding up the pace of the game, we'll have the umpires enforce the rules that are already there. There are already rules in place to speed up the pace of the game. And you can cut a little time. You can cut probably 20 seconds on each change of the, uh, uh, what's it called, between innings and have one fewer commercial and have, have a bar on the bottom where you're popping your Sprite and your, your, your all-state commercials on the bottom. I don't care. Yeah, put it there. If that's, the, if that's the price of speeding it up, fine. I don't care if you put a Coca-Cola patch on the damn hat. I really don't. I really don't care. If you want the game sped up, that's what you do. I have no problem with the clock in terms of you have X amount of time between pitches. And that includes a coach's visit and a catcher's visit. If you run up, say, hey, he's up on the slider, then you run back. That's the amount of time you have instead of time, wander up. So, what do you think? Do you think the curve? No, you got you run up, tell them the thing and run back. You know, that's that's I'm all for that. I'm all for doing things to chop off a minute here and a minute there. I'm not into changing how the game is played. Even with the DH in there, it the game is still the batter comes up and you hit it. Three outs, three strikes. It's been working. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed this big attendance? Have you noticed a lot of eyeballs on the TV? You notice a lot of fans showing up and being happy about it? There's no need to fix that. There's no need to say, okay, we're going to put it on there and put it on second base. And you know, what, Who do you put on second base? Do you put a fast runner out there? You know? You put Billy Hamilton on there, he's going to score in a pop-up to the shortstop. I don't like the futzing around with the stuff when you realize there are things going in baseball's favor that should be on people's minds. If you say, we're losing the kids, well, it's not because they're not putting a runner on second base at the start of an inning. That's not the reason. Look it, I'm going to say something here, and I want you all to listen to me carefully. I'm just waving my hand at that the suggestion because it's so stupid that it's not even worth discussing. It isn't. It's just stupid. Baseball's played the way it's played. The packaging of the big game and how it's delivered should be the focus. Not in the game itself. The quality of the game right now is spectacular. We've got great hitters. We've got great pitchers. We've got great young stars. We've got great charismatic stars. We've got teams winning in markets you're not expecting. And no, you don't have the Yankees and Red Sox dominating every damn year. It's the same teams every year. Really? The Cubs are the same team every year? I just established we're trying to figure out whether it was Teddy Roosevelt or William Howard Taft who was in office when they arrived at spring training. So stop that. 
We haven't had back-to-back champions this century. So, so ease up on the throttle on that crap. We're in year 2017. 2017. Using the rule of seven, if you are a 24-year-old, you don't remember a team winning back-to-back world championships. Uh, before my time, I don't remember that. So let's, let's, let's ease up on the throttle on that. Now, here's something I want to say to you. People talk about baseball being too slow. Well, there's, there's ways to speed up the game. People are saying that there are too many games and it's bad for short attention spans of today clicking on your clickety-clicks. Now, wait a second there. Stop and wait a second. One of the things that we're seeing is that people can consume a lot, a lot of media. Some of you are probably checking your Twitter, sent a Facebook message, checked your stocks, looked at the weather, watched the YouTube video, and did a Snapchat while listening to your pal Sully. We can consume a lot of things at the same time. And we like having fresh new content. You know, a fascinating thing that Lori Kilmartin, I don't know if you know who Lori Kilmartin is. Lori Kilmartin is, she's a friend of mine. She's also a fantastic comedian. I'll say she's one of the best working comedians working today. Uh, and she's a writer for Conan O'Brien. She's a spectacular stand-up comic. Um, and she's actually also a very wonderful, warm person. And she's the one of the hosts of a show called The Jackie and Laurie Show, which is a podcast. And she made a great observation on her podcast about writing for Conan. Because this news cycle that we're in right now, and all the craziness that's happening. I'm not going to get political right now, but there's a lot of craziness that's going on. And bam, bam, constantly hitting you, constantly hitting you. You think, oh, this is, must be great if you're a comedy writer. But actually, it's not because it's coming at you so fast that it used to be you waited for Conan O'Brien or you waited for Letterman or you waited for Leonard or whomever you watched or John Stewart or Colbert or or. Kimmel or whomever you're, you're, you know, Samantha B, whomever it is you're watching, you would wait for them to make the jokes about the day's events. Well, now, by the time they get the Conan O'Brien program up, everyone's made those jokes online. Everyone's made those jokes on Twitter. You're almost behind the curve. Television is behind the curve because of how we consume things. It's so fast, it's so rapid fire. There's almost too much of it. The content that we need, we need fresh new content, fresh new content constantly. And I was thinking when I heard her say it, it was not a baseball statement, obviously, but it was the statement of how we consume a product on television as opposed to on a device. And I come back to a point which I come up with constantly. No sport is better designed for the short attention span than baseball. The hell are you talking about, Sully? Because every day there are, I mean, think, think about this when the games start up. When the games start up, there's, what, 30, 30 teams, right? 
And there's a, that means there's 15 games a day. Now, sometimes you have a day off. Sometimes there's only a handful of games. But when you have about, about five days out of the week, there are 15 games going on. And a lot of those games are going on at the same time. And sometimes they start in when you're in California and there's like a, a, a one o'clock game starting in Baltimore, New York. Well, guess what? That game starts at 10 in the morning. And the games go right up until 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, unless you're on the East Coast, where those games are going into 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning. There's always new content. And you can go back and forth, and you can flip back and forth. Ah, this game's, this game's a little too slow. This, nothing's happening here. Ooh, runner on third. And the game in Cincinnati will jump over to there. It's a game that's designed for hopping around from game to game, which you can do in football during the red zone thing and, and those different ways you can consume it, but that's your team's only on once a week as opposed to five, six, sometimes seven times a week. You can have that constant content streaming onto your phone. Streaming onto your device, however the hell you consume it. This is how we consume media. Not waiting for television. Like poor Lori coming up with a spectacular joke, and by the time it gets on TV, 28, as she said, 28 plumbers have already tweeted it out. You know, not as skilled and not as well-refined as a writing job, but the, the idea and the concept of it. When I hear rule changes like, we're going to put a runner on second, it's like you're missing the point. The product is already there. You know? The product already works. You have to package it. And you have to get it in front of the right eyes and realize how we consume our products now is what will make young fans appreciate the game more. Put it on their devices. All of it. All blackout rules eliminate. But also make it interactive. Also make it so you post stuff. And if you want to do things like memes or GIFs or the GIFs or GIFs, I don't know, or YouTube videos or whatever, let them do it. They're not taking away stuff from you. They're not copyright infringing. They're doing your job. You are crowdsourcing it. How are we going to spend this money in advertising? Don't worry about it. Get a bunch of kids to do it for free and post around. They'll do it better than you anyway. Don't try to shove things into baseball to think, oh, we have to change the game. I've made this point before. Don't worry about like What celebrities can we get show up? What bands can we get show up? Who gives a crap? If you want to watch a band, you watch a band. Things are very compartmentalized now. But there's a lot of people that watch baseball, and if you make baseball something that people enjoy by the methods that they currently enjoy their content, their media, their all this stuff, then that's how you stay relevant. And that's how you embrace this new media world 
because that's what we're consuming. Not put a runner on second or all this crap. That strikes me as, hmm, well, we, gotta, we have a problem here. What's the best solution? Well, let's change the game. No. No. Let's change the packaging. You know, I've seen some of the stuff that my kids consume on their devices. Some of it's boring as hell. Just dull. Some of it's slow moving as hell. But there's a lot of it. You know, you hear people saying there's almost too many good TV shows now. Partly because all the best directors, writers, and actors want to have their shows instead of making movies now. You know, they want to move to, they want to have a Hulu or Netflix show. They don't think about making a Miramax film anymore. But there's almost too much good baseball. There's so much of this quality product that you can consume that it could be almost a great product for people with a short attention span to hop from game to game, to make your comments, to make your commentary, make your running commentary, to check your fantasy team. All this different stuff can go on for the people with a short attention span. And it does not involve putting a runner on second base. We've got a good product, folks. It's in the packaging and in how we consume it, not where the runner is in extra innings. So, Ryan Brooks, those are my thoughts. I hope you enjoyed it. And, uh, hey, folks, we're getting really, really close to starting a baseball season. So go to SullyBaseball.com, like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram. I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. This has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast for Sunday, the 12th day of February, 2017. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. I'm on second base already, and you can call me Sullivan.